You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Parts Unknown podcast. My name is Ben Green. I am joined, as always, by my partner in pod. John Ashtown. That's him. We're in his flat, and we've just been watching Elimination Chamber. John, how was it for you? Do you know what? I I enjoyed it more than I ex- certainly more than I expected. Maybe that was the wine. I don't know, but um, more than I expected. Perhaps even more than the uh, than the rumble. Now that is controversial. I have to say that there was absolutely no part of me that wanted to watch Elimination Chamber because. I mean, the the match card, for one thing, was absolutely dreadful. But also, I think the, the chamber match in, itself, which is gimmicked to the nth degree, it combines all the shittest elements of the Royal Rumble, <laughs> of Survivor Series, and of Hell in a Cell, all in one gigantic, terrible match. <laughs> Apart from the first ever one that Shawn Michaels won, they're all pretty useless after that. Um I think I was right about the match card. <laughs> the undercard was terrible. We'll go through a couple of the matches uh, in a bit more detail here. Uh, the main event, though, was pretty entertaining. Bray Wyatt is the champion. Bray Wyatt is going to WrestleMania. He's pointed to the sign he and everything. To the sign, like every other superstar, therefore breaking character and sort of ruining it a little bit. Um, I think I complained after the Rumble that the only reason they seemed to put Orton over was to kind of swerve the crowd and do a shock finish when nobody you know, to kind of like surprise everybody. So I shouldn't really complain when everybody in the aftermath of the Rumble said, oh, don't worry, it just means that Bray's going to win an Elimination Chamber. Um, so I shouldn't really kind of complain about the predictability of it. I quite enjoyed the match as a as a whole. It's kind of a, it's supposed to be this, the most hellacious structure in wrestling today. And there was not a great deal of hellaciousness. There was wasn't, weren't very many spots. Well, they've also changed the hellaciousness of it quite yes, significantly. True. Yeah, there were, there were pads down where you, there used to be those metal kind of rails. Yeah, the grills, grills, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, which me- meant that any bump there just looked like you were taking a bump. Yeah, on in a, the on ring a, essentially. Yeah, on gym mats. Yeah, essentially, which kind of took away a certain amount from it. Um, and there was no, obviously there was no kind of blading. There was no blood. Um, but I enjoyed the, the fact that I didn't, from certainly from halfway, I didn't know who was going to win, which I quite enjoyed. Yeah, so Bray is the winner. He's fighting Randolph at the show of shows. <laughs> Randolph Orton. Yeah, the granddaddy of them all. And that's, that's quite that, interesting. Randy Orton is the granddaddy of them all. <laughs> it's not that old quite yet. Like Cowboy Bob would be. <laughs> Cowboy Bob Senior would be the granddaddy well, yeah, of them all. Absolutely. Yeah, um, that, that's an interesting matchup between Randy and, and Bray from a storyline point of view. Uh, obviously, it will tie in the whole Wyatt family thing, and, and there'll be that. Maybe Sister Abigail will make her debut here, but Bray as champion, I think, looks pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I guess, uh, just to sort of flip back onto the negative, to me it feels like a sort of upper mid-card feud. Um, if, the, if the Wyatts had been running roughshod over everybody like they perhaps were when they first came in and were a bit... Which they never did. Well, no, yeah, exactly. But if they had been some sort of, like, 
after having brought Randy Orton into the fold, became again this kind of all-conquering um, unit, then the breakup of that becomes interesting. The fact that they've kind of been slightly sort of jobbers for a year and have had no real discernible difference um, since... I suppose you could argue that they've been probably more powerful, I guess, um, in kayfabe uh, since Orton's joined them. It doesn't feel like a uh, a huge main event to me for, for Mania, but I, I'm I'm prepared to be um, surprised. So the alternatives there were having um, Randy versus Cena again, which no one wants. No, although I do th- I do and, think, as I said, I said as we were watching it, that I think they probably got the the booking the wrong way round on the finish of um, the Elimination Chamber. If you heard the pop when Cena was eliminated. Um, it was much, much bigger than it was when AJ and, and obviously Bray got both those pins. And I think that once Cena was beaten, the crowd knew who was def- who was winning. Whereas if the last two had been Cena and Bray, there would have been that hint of doubt in their minds, and there would have been a yeah, the pop would have been as big, if not even even bigger. Um, that's the only, that would be a that would be a complaint. I think they got the, the finish the other way around would have been would have been perfect, or if not perfect, then better. There weren't too many great spots in that in that main event, but there was one in particular that we really liked. That was uh, the kind of powerbomb, belly-to-belly, triple-man thing with Bray, Ambrose, and AJ. That was spectacular. And uh, Dean, Dean Ambrose as well did a couple of jumps from the from the top of the pods uh they're, they're a slightly different shape now you said that they look more like elevator shafts now, <laughs> they like lift like, doors opening they, look, they do look like elevators in a posh hotel and they do they, they also slide open like that they, it's lovely you know and what about when uh the the overhead shot where you know the 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 lights are spinning round. See, I, I quite like the that. countdown. I quite like the campiness of that. I know you're perhaps not such a fan, but you said it, it's like I a, it a crap like a, game show. It does, and it I said like yes, <laughs> it is like a crap game show. But I think it, I, th- I like crap game. I think I like cheesy crap game shows. That's probably um, where I'm coming from. And it, yeah, if you like cheesy crap game shows, then then maybe you like that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and as you say, Dean Ambrose came off the top of the pods uh, after he had uh, surprised Barry Corbin with a with a roll up it was a good fun fun moment i thought um he was thrown hellaciously through uh, one of the pods he got some heel heat back did old barry yeah setting up presumably a him and ambrose at, at mania which i think is that's kind of an exciting and interesting match yes as ambrose is currently the intercontinental champion yep. this would be a really good leg up for young stud uh, baron corbin <laughs> <Young> hoss <laughs> yeah um who is a very physically impressive young man mm. The two of them, they need to sort their hair out. It'll be the lunatic uh, receding fringe against the lone strand of hair. Yeah, hair versus hair match for the two of them. No, I shouldn't. They should do that. They should do a hair versus hair match. Yeah, that'd be amazing. No, I was saying that you know Corbin has to get rid of his hair. He just looks absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. He has to shave it off, but it doesn't fit a biker character no. so much. And I know he's not a biker biker, but he's lone wolf yeah it wouldn't and when you're tall it kind of looks i think it would look a bit odd for him with he'd need to sort of change his facial hair a little bit or something probably if he was completely bald but as we said you know the wwe likes bald characters we had we were talking about the the bald hall of fame (laughs) the bald of fame the bald of fame yeah Uh, of course hogan and uh stone cold two of the perhaps the two the two biggest biggest drawing uh 
characters performers in WWE history very short on the hair and there's no greater contrast with the fortunes of WWE or F at the time and WCW <laughs> than Ric Flair being the main man <laughs> in that organisation with his magnificent bouffant well yeah absolutely or you know you can look at oh Hogan gives the the belt to Warrior at uh, Wrestlemania 6 you know the hair, dis- the ball disappears. It's all about a hairy man. The hairy man doesn't draw quite as well. We split hairs, boom, boom, uh, over Macho Man Randy Savage here. <laughs> well, he I, was, yeah. I called him a bald champion and a bald superstar. You weren't having that, though. No, he's, he had hair. Let's be fair. He had, be fair to hair. <laughs> he had hair. Um, he's bald in the same way that um, Sergeant Slaughter perhaps was bald, in that he had, you know, there wasn't a great deal in the middle, but there was enough comb over going on. And actually, Macho didn't actually wear the bandana in matches until quite later, a lot on, later yeah. in his career. I'm trying to think of who else we, we had on the board. Uh, uh, so we were talking about Earthquake, Earthquake who was, was sort of that yeah. sort of fat, balding man uh, the wrestler. War, the Warlord. Oh, the Warlord. Um, Hawk from the Legion of Doom, I That's suppose. True. And I said Vader. Vader's a good shout, yeah. Yeah. Bald, over, very over, very bald. Um, Let us know... Who we've left off, <laughs> listeners? Please. There must be. There must be. There must be plenty. Oh, we were saying Albert, obviously. Oh, <laughs> God, ten say. Yeah, why not? And Val Venus, I, I recall having been he quite went, thin on time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He did start to look more like a penis. Yeah, <laughs> which was kind of his gimmick. So it was fine. Very good. We digress, John. Yeah, sorry, we well, digress. Well, well, well. Uh, what did you think about the Miz in that match? He was the last one to come out of the pod. He played a heel pretty well. I, I, you know what? I'm kind of... I really like, really have quite a, a soft spot for The Miz. I mean, I'm not interested in any of his matches, but I like that, the fact that he's a, a chicken heel and that he does actually play, play that role very well. I mean, they had these cameras inside the pods that were showing reactions of um, the guys who were waiting to come in as moves were sort of taking place. And, you know, I think, I think after that sort of devastating three-man... Power bomb slash uh, belly to belly. Um, it went to Baron Corbin's pod, and he was just looking. You could tell he was bored. Well, he wasn't bored. He, you could tell he was thinking about what he had to do when he came out. Like you know, had that kind of slightly vacant expression. Um, and there was also a moment when later on, I can't remember who was down, but somebody had hit a finishing move, and the camera panned to the Miz, and he was actually genuinely reacting. It's like, oh my god, pin him, kind of thing. Um, I, yeah, I kind of like him. He's he's actually got a strong character, um, and that character is a yeah film film star who's really scared. <laughs> he, he did do that lovely bit where he was taking the piss out of Daniel Bryan, and that builds upon their their own storyline and this huge tease that WWE are doing with. Is Daniel Bryan going to come out of retirement? Is he going to fight Miz in this one-off match? And of course he's not going to do it, but it is good fun watching him. And that, that whole yes thing that, that Miz did, uh, and then the the kicks, that was really good. Yeah, like it's good. He's, like, it's, a, it's a strong character, and like the, yeah, he, he's, he's very, very good at doing it. And, uh, and he had to uh, compete in this match without the support of his wife, Maurice, who got caught up in some backstage <laughs> brouhaha, oh, some vicious backstage, a vicious backstage beatdown involving a powder. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, my uh, knowledge of women's makeup is fairly limited, but I'm not entirely sure that any woman pl- applies a small pot of pat of like talc, loose talc to their face, <laughs> um, which is apparently what Maurice was doing when she was uh, accidentally, inadvertently. 
involved in the uh, Nikki Bella Natalia angle that everybody is so it was just about. one of several very bad backstage items on the this whole yeah the any all the cutaways tonight were just terrible terrible i don't i don't know why they can't do more packages explaining matches or pre-match interviews or post-match interviews why they have to do these silly silly not even angles they're just silly skits almost because it's, yeah. it's for children john i know we're nearly I know, 40 i know yeah which is why we've got uh super clash 2 from the awa in 1987 on in the background while we're uh, recording this yeah i think someone's just oh no sean michael's just been tagged in he's, he's just he's a house of fire <laughs> <laughs> That's a red hot tag. Anyway, while we watch uh, a couple more minutes of this and compose our thoughts, uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. John, I did a podcasting masterclass at The Guardian. Did you really? On Sunday. Who we was re- we record this on... Who was giving the lessons? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> How much did that cost you? Was it a good class? Shush. I'm getting to the point. (laughs) Um, I did that on Sunday. We're recording Monday evening. Uh, I have to say that there were 78 people there, which was very exciting and quite intimidating. I spoke for almost six hours, which is why I'm a bit throaty now. Did you get over? There were three guys there who wanted to talk wrestling with me. Thank you very much for coming along. And uh, we hope that this this show is living up or down to your expectations. Um, Speaking of which, I don't think that um, this pay-per-view event could have got off to uh, a more appropriate start than when they threw to the German announce team. And there was some sort of delay. They stared blankly at the camera for uh, four or five seconds and then said something probably hugely uninteresting and oddly they they also said uh, in english so they said german 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 elimination chamber german 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 which um which was odd because um i thought that elimination chamber was banned in in germany yeah in, in fact wikipedia lists the event as no escape 2017 well no escape no escape and well there was no escape for mickey james from the ruthless Becky Lynch, uh, the the Irish last killer, got the win over. Last kicker. What did I just say? Last killer. Last killer. Oh, I thought <laughs> I said like last a kicker. Woman murderer. No, uh, yeah. she's she's, she's not a killer, killer. Uh, but she did beat Mickey James, the the returning vet tonight in uh, the opening match of the pay per view. Well, nice to see Mickey James back, John. Yeah, did you I mean, miss her? I, Have you missed you know, her? I, I was never a huge Mickey James fan. Uh, I know she was very popular at the time and as kind of like a bit of a cult figure, um, but she looks a little uh, what's the word? Old fashioned, I suppose. In a way, compared to compared to the the, the workers in the women's division today, um, you know, she looks a bit old school, but not in a good way. Is this because she's got her natural hair colour? <laughs> Good. All those ridiculous trousers. She has large trousers. Doesn't have hair extensions and has a normal. She looks more like a normal person. Maybe that's maybe that's the big uh, 
the big difference. Yeah. Um, so Becky Lynch got the win in that match, despite the uh, Mick kick, which I pointed out was the Mick kick on the Mick. And I can make that joke because I'm Irish, John. Yeah, you're always. I'll be making some Jewish jokes later on too, <laughs> everybody. Uh, there was a controversial blood spot in that match. There was actually, yeah. The, uh, Mickey James clearly, I mean, she, presumably she's facing a fine. Yeah. From when, when Vince sees the tape of the terrible gash that she must have given herself on her elbow. Uh, which looked like it was ever so slightly weepy for, for a while, but it was certainly severe enough for the referee to put on his black gloves very badly. <laughs> I'm sorry to say we don't know the seconds. name of this referee. He was the one in Blackpool. Um, oh, he's not referee. He's not referee Mike Chioda. No. Uh, who are some of your favourite referee names? Uh, Earl Hebner. Tim White. Yeah. Um, yeah the Hebner brothers. Yeah. Who's Little Nate? Little Nate, he's still there. He's Robinson. Uh, completely forgotten his first name, but he's still there, still doing his thing. But yeah, this guy, he's uh, he he put on his glove. Well, he put on one glove very well, put on the other glove a bit, <laughs> a bit incorrectly. Zero and then, need for him to glove up in any way. It just uh, that, yeah, it was. Yeah, took them off, chucked them away. The match continued. We we won't see anyway. Uh, that was a yeah match to kick us off. I did. I, did, I didn't mind that. I I I, I like. I suggested fast-forwarding this match and just going to, to something that I cared about, but you insisted we watch it. And actually, you know what? That was probably not a bad idea. Uh, though Apollo Crews and Callisto versus Ziggler, was that a wise decision that we stuck with that one? <laughs> um, not, not especially, no. So Heel Ziggler cut off Callisto as he was running into the ring, so it became less of this odd... Two on one baby's face versus the, the one heel. Uh, a very odd booking for a handicap match, as, as several several people have pointed out. Uh, so it came more of a one on one with uh, Apollo Cruz and Ziggler. Um, Cruz got the win in the end. Kalisto came back, but then Ziggler got his heel heat. Got his heel heat back. I mean, Ziggler is just one of those people for me that he's sort of flipped between face and heel now so many times that uh, it's hard to distinguish between the two and it's even harder to care um between the two so kind of he is i mean at least to be fair at least he is properly heelish in a way that perhaps say for example randy orton isn't so we're throwing Kalisto into the titan tron and things getting a bit of a beat down after the match proper heel kind of characteristics but um yeah i find it i find it difficult to get excited about any of his matches no and and the crowd were incredibly flat. This crowd whole pay per view, whole pay per view, until the, until the main event, and you know, just to go back to the main event for a minute, until anything really involving John Cena, and John Cena gets an awful lot of criticism for for being John Cena, basically, but nobody else, certainly tonight, and in most pay per views, gets the crowd reactions that he gets for good, for good or bad. I mean, he comes out, the music hits. And there is noise in the arena. Some people are booing, some people are cheering, but there is noise. And there certainly wasn't that for the vast majority of the pay-per-view. We've watched pay-per-views over the last two years together. I mean, mostly things involving Roman Reigns where the crowd (laughs) noise is turned down so you can't hear the booing. Uh, And WWE, they retcon loads of their stuff too. um, We're watching this a day later on the network 
uh, they didn't even put in sort of crowd shots of anyone looking interested. There were some, there were some terrible cutaways there of, of people sitting on their hands and sort of checking their phones. Uh, just really, really odd, you know, for such a slick production house like uh, WWE. You know, I, I can't imagine they, they'd expect a crowd to be anywhere near this dead, but then to sort of show it, you know, they've got enough cutaways in their library to compensate for yeah. that. It just doesn't they doesn't just, help with they, sort of people like me that don't really want to watch no, this. They should just so cut then, they should cut away to like crowd shots from ninety eight or something and just like just stitch them all in. Yeah. Thumbs down. That's right. Okay. <laughs> uh what about this tag team tornado match? We are we did skip through the entirety of that until the the final two teams were in with uh, American Apparel. And, uh, American, American Alpha and uh, the Headbangers 2.0. Yeah, um, yeah. Connor from uh, the Ascension. Oh, he's bulked up a lot, hasn't he? He's been he's been eating. Yeah, he looks. Yeah, he looked. He, he looked. He looked big. I kind of like the fact that there are proper tag teams in that. In what that. they're wearing matching outfits. Yeah, basic, basically. Yeah, I like the fact that they have um, reasons to be together because tag teams, t- to my mind, should be. You know. Um, for the most part, until eventually you have the brilliant uh, tag team breakup angle somewhere down the line, they should like dress the same, be almost the same character, really, or like kind of variations on very similar characters. You think of Demolition, uh, you think of the Heart Foundation, you think of the Rockers, Bushwhackers, think of Legion of Doom. These are guys; those guys aren't particularly distinct characters. Okay, maybe the Heart Foundation, you'd you'd argue a. Um, would be an exception there but generally the the best tag teams are the guys that are two guys who are basically the same and at least they have got that these days i mean i'm not talking about looking the same i'm talking about sort of acting the same and sort of being as kind of one rather than throwing together i always used to hate the days when which started really in kind of um austin and uh, dude love having the tag, tag team titles back in sort of 96 97 um so that at least that you know the, the tag tornado had that going for it uh but uh, not a great deal else yeah i have to say that i think big show plus anyone has always been <laughs> a sort of point for me as a tag team <laughs> prospect um and i think that edge and christian if they'd have had a name would have been they were there yeah, you know they absolutely, were absolutely yeah. phenomenal i love their matches obviously with the, the hardys uh, and the dudleys well, but the, i do do really. wish that they were part of the brood which was a faction but then they yeah, gang, were just pawns gangrel was involved in that wasn't <laughs> yeah uh but then they were just uh edge and christian and i just they could have done better with the with a name there but it didn't do them any harm uh and you know conversely brizango have got all the things that you were talking about just before, and they're completely pointless. <laughs> anyway, American Alpha won that match, and uh, the Usos were in it looking sort of more heelish with more hair and more clothes. Yeah, and Rhino has some mutton chops. Is he a rhino, or is he a three-year-old sheep, which would be a mutton? He could change his name. But, <laughs> and, and I he don't should, think the tag team division... <laughs> would for the smackdown tag team division would be affected one way or other if he became mutton rather than rhino Rhino change his name to mutton we could give him a singles push yeah okay the match between nikki bella and natalia we've already talked about the their meeting backstage um a couple of minutes after that where they have a a bit of a contretemps uh the match itself finished in a double count out nice to see that sort of result um you don't don't see too many of them it's it's like a time limit draw brought to the back yeah uh, but you know, 
I wasn't interested in that. But more, yeah, more of that. More of those finishes, please. Uh, Orton versus Luke Harper. That was not a bad match. This was one of the two matches I was really looking forward to, this and the Elimination Chamber match itself. You haven't seen too much of Luke Harper as a singles competitor before. I think I've not seen much, no. I've seen some good matches. Um, remember a ladder match with him and Dolph Ziggler over the IC Championship um, eighteen months ago, perhaps two years. That was very good. And he's 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 massive. He's really big man, and he he can move as well. Uses the big boot a bit too much for my liking, and that's not. But that's purely a personal thing. I've just always hated that move. Um, whether Hulk Hogan used it or not, I just think it's it's just a bit of a shit move. Um, had quite a good finish. We, I thought the the the, the spinning discus punch type manoeuvre, and then the RKO out of nowhere from from Randy. He points at the WrestleMania sign. He's going to WrestleMania. Did you know that? He is apparently, yeah, because he obviously won the Rumble. And my, I I I thought the match was fine, um, but my problem with a match like this is that. Because uh, Orton had won the Rumble, and because he, w- because Harper, though a good worker, is f- just very, very mid card. Um, there was no kind of uh, peril. There was no kind of uncertainty about the result. Um, so it was kind of just sort of waiting in a way until, given there was no kind of sort of. Uh, storyline stuff with the sort of Wyatt's outside of the match. You were kind of waiting a little bit for the finish. But it was, it was a, yeah, it was a, it was a good match, but there was nothing more to it than the match itself, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Uh, and I have a kayfabe bone uh, to pick with the match itself. <laughs> which was... <laughs> You should go to the doctors. <laughs> should, yeah. And that was uh, the um, a couple of sightings of Luke Harper's pants, which were, <laughs> or, or they were they were trunks or something, but they were they were black with uh, a turquoise stripe on them. And I thought that his he character should, he should would either grotty, um... he'd be wearing long johns or that sort of all in onesie long john type thing, or no pants at all, but not athletic wear. <laughs> uh, the and the buffer match between the Orton Harper match and the. Elimination Chamber match itself was Naomi versus Alexa Bliss for the SmackDown Women's Championship match. Um, Naomi's got a great entrance. I like her entrance. I like, and I like, her, and I think her music works really well with the entrance. Um, and she's, a and she's the new champion. She's fine in the ring, yeah. And she's the new champion, and she's from Orlando. Uh, Orlando, so she's going there to her hometown to defend. That title means nothing. (laughs) Well, this is what we were saying. I mean, I think you've got in the, uh, with the Raw Women's Champion, you've got um, Charlotte, who is looking really strong because she's kept the title, okay, dropping it to Sasha, but then winning it more or less straight back. And that makes her look strong and it makes the title look important. And then on the SmackDown brand, you've got the women's title just being passed through from Becky to Alexa Bliss and now on to... Yeah, there's no comparison at all, oh, yeah. well, Naomi. Naomi. You'd even forgotten her name, uh, so and we exactly, were talking about that thing, segment. It's yeah, it's the thing. I think it devalues the the title to some extent, but also it kind of makes everybody look a little bit weak. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd much rather have um, self-contained kind of programs where you have one person either looking, well, somebody looking strong, somebody chasing after the after the champion. Do it, do it that way. That's my, that's my. Well, that's kind of a personal choice that's my favorite way of booking everything really 
people of parts unknown we've teamed up with cornerstone to give you a spectacular offer on their shaving products just head to cornerstone.co.uk slash unknown and you'll get 10 pounds of your first order that means you can pick up a personally engraved razor and six super sharp blades for just four quid You can shave your beard to be as smooth as John Cena, take it to your head if you want the stone cold look, or you can do a Ric Flair and strap one to your finger whenever you need to juice. Although Cornerstone do not recommend you do that. Anyway, try it out and if you don't love your first Cornerstone shave, they'll give you your money back with no questions asked. Cornerstone have also got some delicious skincare products too. I'm a mark for their pre-shave scrub exfoliator. Their sensitive shave gel with ginger and eucalyptus is the best for business. And for the finish, there's the post-shave balm with soothing and cooling mint and honey extracts to restore your skin's natural balance and reduce irritation, brother. The brand is Cornerstone. Check them out and get £10 of your first order at cornerstone.co.uk slash unknown. That's U-N-K-N-O-W-N. John, this is the third time we've recorded after a pay-per-view. The first time, uh, it was quite literally your birthday. The second time, it was quite literally my birthday. And now, here we are. And by the time people hear this, it'll be Valentine's Day. As I look at my watch, it's uh, an hour and a half till Valentine's Day. John, what are we doing with our lives? (laughs) Counting down those seconds to the the day of love. I'm married. Uh, Mrs. Ashdown is currently next door john has locked the door so you can't come in to the living room here i'm sure she's having a much better time than i am um, I, well actually it looks like a laptop's in here so she poor jess is stuck stuck in the bedroom with no entertainment basically she did join us for uh, a little bit of the uh, the proceeding she she had to leave during the elimination chamber match itself when uh, ambrose and uh, AJ were, were brawling on top of one of the pods because I believe poor Jess suffers from vertigo and she couldn't stand the jeopardy. But you know what? It was all right in the end. Um, anyway, nobody, John... Nobody got hurt. No one got hurt. Uh, John, the real action tonight, however, uh, what what were we eating? What what went down on uh, so what we so we for Elimination some, Chamber? We started off with some uh, sea salt and Suffolk cider vinegar crisps. And as everybody knows, there's no kind of cider vinegar like Suffolk cider vinegar. They were followed by some leftover pizza that I've had in the fridge for a couple of days. Um, didn't tell Ben that when he was eating it that he'd been there for a couple of days. I was under the impression that this was less than a day old. And I thought <laughs> and I thought when I came here that it would be hot. When it, <laughs> it was cold. It was cold pizza on, on the night before Valentine's Day as well. But it was good. It was very good pizza from Basilico. If, if they want to sponsor us... We would accept. If you want to know every time, anything know. about the eating habits of two Guardian, <laughs> two, two Guardian employees, this pizza had artichoke on it. <laughs> it did, and it was nice. But it also had um, some dried tomatoes, a bit of mozzarella, and some um, some sort of meat. Uh, then that wasn't quite enough for us, so we had a, a bit of salad as well, and some well, basically chicken nuggets. With barbecue sauce. With barbecue sauce. Which yeah. you found were much too hot to handle, not spiciness, just temperature-wise. But bah, I laugh at that kind uh, of temperature. Asbestos mouth green. That's my name. That's my gimmick. Okay, we'll, we'll wrap things up here again, John. Uh, just to... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question, though. What do I have in common with uh, the new WWE champion, the Eater of Worlds, uh, Bray Wyatt? <laughs> uh, you both have a sister called Abigail. I have a sister called Deborah, but not Abigail. It's not a finishing move. It's not that. Um, no, you're going to have to. You're going to have to enlighten me. We are both the son 
sons of accountants. Oh, you are. Yes, of course you are. Yeah. Uh, IRS, of course, and whoever Bray Wyatt's dad was. <laughs> hey. uh, there, there was a, there was there was a very nice crowd shot of uh, we've or certainly I have uh, bemoaned the cutaways uh, of the crowd uh, from this pay per view. But there was a very nice shot of um, someone sitting ringside is a, a girl probably in late twenties who was dressed up in full IRS garb. Very well done, madam. Um, <laughs> On that bombshell, John, we will be meeting up in about two weeks for Fastlane, which promises to, Lane as well? <laughs> it promises to throw uh, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman, and in a championship match, Kevin Owens versus Oldberg. <laughs> another, my, another Baldy Hall of Famer. Oh, that's, that's right. Although, I, as, as I've said before, I've never really rated Goldberg, but he is almost certainly going to win that and therefore uh, face up against Brock at WrestleMania. Brock's going to win the title and they'll have a part time with the title again. It's a brilliant idea. Anyway, <laughs> please rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. It's called the Parts Unknown Podcast. You know that. John, uh, thank you very much for your hospitality. Maybe we'll do it at my place next time. Yeah, that'd be nice. It's bigger. <laughs> Keep it macho. <laughs> yeah.